0: Well, welcome everyone to Blackhawk Church. My name is Matt and I'm one of the pastors on staff. Welcome to everybody who is live in the room right now. Welcome to everyone who is joining us at our different sites and venues all over the place and to everyone who is still at home, uh, either here in Dane County or around the country, around the world. We're really glad that you're taking time to be able to join us. So something that we wanted to do in particular uh, this day, we kind of have a unique opportunity. Uh, for a lot of you, you know that, that as a church, one of the things that we value is being able to partner with other uh, ministries and missions organizations and nonprofits uh, in order to be able to give generously to them and serve through those different groups. Uh, we do that locally here in Dane County as well as nationally and worldwide. And one of those organizations in particular Uh, In the Middle East, who we have the chance to be able to partner with, is a ministry uh, called Questcope. Questcope is a ministry in the Middle East, uh, who for the last 30 plus years have been working with people in the Middle East, uh, in particular young people whose lives have been ravaged by uh, war and poverty in many different cases. And so Questcope is a ministry that desires to come alongside vulnerable women, Uh, young people and marginalized communities in order to be able to breathe life into them, in order to speak truth into them by uh, things like emergency aid, by alternative education, by mentorship and and coaching for those people. And uh, this particular week, the international director of QuestCope just happens to be in Madison. And so we wanted you all to be able to have a chance at all of our sites and venues, regardless if you're here or if you're at home home to have a chance to interact with him for just a moment. So at all sites and venues, as well as people here, would you join me in welcoming Mr. Kurt Rhodes to the stage right now? Hey, Kurt. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for for taking time just to be able to be with us today. And actually, this is kind of fun. You actually have some ties to Madison.
1: Yeah, I'm an old badger. Once a badger, always a badger.
0: Come on. I mean, there's something great there. So, well, welcome home. Thank you. uh, So, would you just take a a few minutes to be able to tell us just a little bit about Questscope, just kind of a snapshot, as well as ways that you see God working in the ministry?
1: Living in the Middle East since 1981, we have lived through numbers of wars and civil conflict, And one of the things you observe is the powerlessness, especially of women and children in a war. Those are the least. So we developed our philosophy of ministry to put the last first. But this also means that you have to have a conversation with the first to make space for the last. I'll give an example. A week or so ago two young girls graduated from high school with the highest marks for the high school exam in the country Sounds excellent right I'm the father of two daughters that's really Yeah good I sign. am too But their backstory is that when they were 14 they were going to be sold into early marriage with a guy who is 60 years old
0: Now okay let me just say you saying something like that, being a dad of daughters, I know for you as well, that is hard for me to wrap my mind around.
1: Me too, yeah. and I was there, okay? So we have this program for education for out of school youth. So we decided to pay for the food for this girl's family, so she wouldn't have to be sold. It was the fantastic sum of $30 a month. So because of our partnership, with Blackhawk, we were able to redeem this girl for 30 bucks a month. And these two girls now have finished high school and will be able to go on to university. That's putting the first last so that the last can be first. So, so
0: with that, Kurt, why are partnerships with churches like Blackhawk so
1: important? When you think of the, in Syria we serve two million displaced people, okay? In Jordan there are tens of thousands of young people who benefit from our programs. Who needs to be hugged is too big for us to hug alone. We need a bigger hug. And Blackhawk makes our hug bigger.
0: <laughs> that's a good picture.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the truth, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So here's the reason why we wanted to have the opportunity to have Kurt up here for all of us just to be able to get a little bit more of a picture, is because for for all of you who give to Blackhawk on a a regular basis, thank you, because it's through your generosity that we have the opportunity to be able to be generous with a ministry like Questco and to hear stories of the ways that God is working. If you have given to our church, then you are a partner with Questcope, and, uh, and we love being able to see that. And so to those of you who give, regardless if it's to something like Advent Conspiracy, or to our general fund, where we have lots of money from our general fund that goes out to other organizations to be able to do the work of God, not just here in Madison, but all around the world, we just can't thank you enough. And if you haven't had the chance to be able to get in the game with us that way, we're just encouraging you to take a look at, at doing that. If, if you're interested in hearing more about Questscope today, today here at our Braider Way location in the Fireside Room at 3 p.m., we're going to have Kurt and some others from his team here to be able to share more about the ministry of Questscope. So if that's something you're interested in, plan on being here. We think it would be just a great use of your time. But I want to take a minute right now just to be able to pray with you. Thank you so much for thank being you. willing to be here and, uh, and share with us. Let's, let's take a minute to pray together. God, I thank you so much uh, for Kurt, for his team, and the way that you are using them in an area of the world that, I, let's be honest, for many of us, we don't really think about all that often. God, you are so big, and, and your hug is massive. And uh, we ask, Father, that you would continue to help us to be people who are generous. Um, would you continue to help us to be people who are able to kind of lock arms together as a church and pull in the direction, helping people to understand more of who you are. God, I pray for um, your favor to be upon Kurt and his team, that you would use them in massive ways in the lives of people in the Middle East, helping them to understand your grace your mercy, your forgiveness, your love, your generosity, that more and more people's lives would be changed because of the ways that you're using them. So thank you, Father. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people at all sites and venues together said, amen. Amen. Hey, that's great. Well, we are going to go ahead now and make a transition into our series that we have been doing that we started just a couple weeks ago called Rooted. You're gonna have the opportunity today to hear from a great speaker, a middle school pastor, Ben Knox. But before we go there, would you all at all sites and all venues just join me one more time in thanking Kurt for being able to be here and the work his team's doing.
2: Kurt, thanks again. We'll see you this afternoon at 3. Hey, Blackhawk family and friends, it's so good to be together today. My name is Ben, and I'm the pastor of middle school ministry here, and it's an exciting summer for us in middle school ministry as we've been able to resume a number of different kinds of in-person gatherings. The biggest thing that we've got going on in the summers is called Madison Missions, where students get to go out throughout Dane County and partner with local nonprofit organizations that are doing great work. Students get to be the hands and feet of Jesus and we also have a really fun time as well. We're so grateful for the organizations locally that are doing great work that have invited us to work with them this summer. And we're also grateful for the work that God does in our hearts as we serve. There was one team of students that got to uh, got to clean a porta potty this summer. <laughs> yes, am I right? Talk about getting your hands, I mean your gloves dirty in Jesus name. So good. Apologies to the rest of the students for the rest of the summer who aren't going to get to clean a porta potty. I'm sorry. So, um, and our third of four weeks, of Madison mission starts tomorrow at our Fitchburg site. So would love to have all of you praying alongside us for that week. So. Okay, show of hands everywhere where you might be uh, watching or listening along. Uh, How many of us have looked in a mirror already today? Raise your hand. There you go. Raise. Okay, lots of hands. If you're not raising your hand, turn to your neighbor and ask them if you've got something stuck in your teeth. There you go. Mirrors are useful because they show me reality. They show me what's really there, and then I can do something about it. Should I wear this shirt? Or that shirt? Do I need to trim my nose hairs or what have you? The the mirror shows me a picture of reality, what's really going on. And if I'm paying attention, I, I can't fool myself anymore. And then I know what to do next. And today the Bible wants to act like a mirror for us. It wants to show us what is truly there. And if we're willing to pay attention, it could make a big difference for us. We're in the third of 10 weeks of this series that we've called Rooted, uh, where we're talking about the foundational realities that shape our life together as a church community. Each of the 10 weeks in this series is based on the 10 statements from our denominational statement of faith. These are the things that are not going to change about who we desire to be as a church community, even as many other things are changing, like, I don't know, leadership transition, coming out of COVID land, these sorts of things. So Matt kicked us off in the series uh, two weeks ago with a message about God, good place to start, and last week Charles spoke to us about the Bible. Today, we're talking about us, human beings, what's up? with humanity how should I think about myself and everyone around me what was God thinking when he said I'm gonna make them like this and if we're willing to pay attention to what the Bible shows us about ourselves it could make a significant difference in our lives So if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to a passage that asks this question. What are human beings? We're going to open to Psalm 8. Uh, Some weeks in the series... Uh, We're going to read the statement from the statement of faith within the message. In some weeks we're not. Today's one of the days that we're not. But we would love to field your questions about the statement on the podcast. Send us your questions. Podcast at blackhawkchurch.org. I'll be on the podcast this week, Wednesday morning, when we'll all be basking in the glow of a Bucks victory. There it is cry. Let's just say I didn't get as much sleep as I should have last night, but that's okay. Podcast at Blackhawk Church. Y'all sent in some great questions last week, so keep them coming. We'd love to answer those. Here we go. Psalm 8. The psalmist is speaking directly to God, and we're going to start in verse 3, and I am excited for where the text is going to take us today. When I consider the work of your heavens, your, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. Because as I, I read uh, these verses, I, I have a, a question about this, like what, what does that mean? And then after that, some phrases pop up. Off the, the page at me. You crowned them uh, and glory, honor, you made them rulers, put everything under their feet. Okay, here's, here's a, a question, interactive, answer out loud wherever you are. Stereotypically, who wears a crown? Royalty, kings, queens, that's right, royalty. And who were the rulers in ancient Near Eastern society? Royalty, the kings and queens. Who would have been worthy of glory and honor uh, in human terms in biblical times would have been the, the queens and the kings. And this phrase as well, put everything under their feet. This is a picture of royal authority. So it seems as if Psalm 8 is saying that Human beings are royalty. All human beings. And this is something that God did. You have made them. You crowned them with glory and honor. You put everything under their feet. Let's continue reading in Psalm 8. You put everything under under their feet all flocks and herds and animals of the wild the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea all that swim in the paths of the seas now when when i read these verses i'm reminded of a movie from a number of years ago that was then made into a Broadway musical: "The Lion King." <laughs> if you're not familiar with this story, it starts at sunrise. ba-ba-ba. <laughs> And the camera zooms in on Pride Rock, which is like the royal palace of this animal kingdom. The king and queen have welcomed a new baby lion cub into the world. Simba is born. And Rafiki, the baboon, comes in. He's, he's like the high priest in the kingdom. And he blesses this baby lion cub. And all of the flocks and herds and animals and birds are lined up outside Pride Rock, awaiting the presentation of this cub. So in all of our venues, open the back doors and let in the elephants and giraffes that we've got for today. Oh, that's not in the budget. Never mind. So anyway, they're lined up, and they are waiting with anticipation. And then Rafiki comes With Simba! Yes! Oh, and the animals are just going wild, pun intended. Yes! Because this is not just a cute little lion cub. This is a king. According to Psalm 8, where are you in this story? You're Simba. You have been crowned with glory and honor. God created you to rule over the flocks and herds in all of his creation. And it's like he's lifting you up. And we're just kind of hanging there with our legs dangling like, whoa. You're Simba. Now, when the Hebrew people first heard Psalm 8, they probably would not have been reminded of the Lion King. It's more likely that they would have been reminded of Genesis 1. Let's take a look at this passage. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule... Over the fish and the sea, birds in the sky, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Human beings, we were created in the image of of God, to be his royal ambassadors over all of his creation, to rule with him, in relationship with him, over all things. And why? what is it about us that makes us special? What is it about us that makes us image God in the world? Is it because we're smart, sophisticated? Because we figure stuff out. We, we talk because we reflect on our own emotions. Well, let's, let's look back at that same text. Let's book, look back and see what it says. It says, make mankind in our image, in our likeness, uh, to rule. That's, that's all it says here. Nothing else. Let's scan forward. See what else it says about the image of God. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Redundancy is a Hebrew thing. Male and female, he created them. Okay, so in this passage, it only says two things about what it means to be the image of God. Second thing it says is male and female. There is difference built into our collective human functioning as being God's image on the planet. Whatever it means to be the image, God decided there will be difference amongst the types of humans. That's the second thing it says. The first thing, it just says, we rule. Are you human? Then you rule. You are royalty. Not because you're smart or because we do stuff. We just rule because God said so. He declares that we are royalty. And so we are. From the embryo to the refugee to those living in a memory care facility. All human beings are God's royal ambassadors to creation we were created to rule over his creation in relationship with him you are simba (laughs) if god could get his hands on this mirror he might draw a crown on it so that when we look at ourselves he would have us be reminded of who we are. He would want every newborn to see herself this way. He would hope that your neighbor could see himself this way. He wants you and me to see ourselves as kings and queens. So if anyone has ever called you worthless, God would say, I disagree fervently. She is royalty. He is royalty. If you ever thought of yourself as worthless, God would say, you matter to me. You bring me joy. And he invites us to believe him when he says that. You're Simba. Simba. But do we feel like Simba? <laughs> I don't know about you, but Like most of the time, I don't really feel like royalty. So what's happened to God's royal family? Why don't we perceive this connection naturally? One of the next characters that we're introduced to in The Lion King is Scar. Scar is the uncle of Simba, and he's the brother to King Mufasa. And Scar has a role to play in the royal family. He has a role to play in relationship with his brother, the king. But he's not interested in that role. He wants to be the king. He wants to call the shots. And so he schemes to murder his brother and trick his nephew, and Scar becomes king. And when Scar's in charge of the kingdom, it's a mess. Our human origin story has remarkable similarities to this story. Human beings created in God's image to be his queens and kings on earth ruling in relationship with him. The first human beings launched a secessionist movement. They allowed themselves to be deceived by the serpent, and they said, we will rule for ourselves. And so they reached out to grab hold Of what was before them. And they said, we don't want to answer to a high king. We will discern good and evil for ourselves. Thank you very much. And they ate of the fruit to make it so. And God, the creator king, said, you have chosen to secede. <sighs> so be it. And so our first ancestors were deposed from that majestic royal garden. And ever since then, everything's been a bit of a mess. The story is told in Genesis chapter 3, and it's a passage worthy of a sermon in its own right. We'll link to a message that Matt gave uh, from that passage a few years ago on the messages page of our website. And ever since then, every generation in the Bible has grappled with the consequences of this royal Rebellion. In the very next generation, the next chapter of the story, Genesis 4, there are two brothers, Abel and Cain. And God has a conversation with Cain. And it's in this conversation that we get the first usage in the Bible of a word that is used to kind of encapsulate this royal rebellion and its consequences. This is what God says to Cain in this conversation. Uh, When you see all capital letters, just a reminder, that's uh, the Old Testament uh, way of rendering in English the name Yahweh, which is God's personal name. Yahweh said to Cain, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Sin. Everybody's favorite religious word. <laughs> it's described in this passage almost like a wild animal crouching at the door. Or you also see it's kind of like an internal power struggle. It desires to have you, but you must Rule over it. And if you know anything about the story, sin wins this round. Cain murders his brother Abel. And in the next chapter, Genesis 5, uh, it's uh, the recounting of the generations after the first humans. And it says that the children of Adam are in his image and his likeness, that we now reflect the character and choice patterns of our earliest ancestors. We human beings, we are in the image of God, but we're also in the image of humanity. We are sinful people who make sinful choices and build sinful cultures with sinful thoughts. The Bible has lots of colorful ways for talking about sin. But at its core, sin is not about the bad things that we do. It's more about the disconnection that we've experienced. That we are no longer in relationship with God, our creator king. It's, It's like this. Picture, imagine in your mind an, an apple tree. It's, it's the early fall, and this particular variety of apple tree that you're picturing is supposed to be in season. There should be fruit, but you look at the branches, and there's, there's no fruit. There are no leaves or blossoms. They're, they're brittle. That's a problem. But as you scan your eyes down, you notice something surreal. This tree is like suspended in midair. Its roots are just dangling there, they're not connected to the soil. Any moisture or any nutrients. And so, is it a problem that there are no apples on this tree? Of course it's a problem, but the source of the problem is down here. This tree has been uprooted from its connection with the soil. In the Bible, sin is like that. The Bible talks about the branches of our lives, but it's even more concerned with this disconnection that we've experienced, that we are no longer in relationship with the High King, our Creator God. Back to the Lion King. Some of you are like, Lion King again? Well, yes, go watch the movie later. There you go. So So after, um, after Scar tricks Simba, Simba is crushed. And he uh, wanders off. Uh, uh, He thinks he doesn't have a place in the kingdom anymore. And we're coming to the low point in the story here. Simba, he's wandering. And these two friends take him under their wings, Timon and Pumbaa. And they teach him their life's philosophy. Say it if you know it. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Sing it with me if you know it. It's our problem free. I hear some of you. Let's hear more. Philosophy. Oh, so good. Right? So much fun that they're having. No worries. Relax. This is the low point of the movie. This is the tragedy. This is how sin operates in our lives why because they know how to have a good time and relax and try new foods no all of that is good God wants us to have a healthy sense of rest leisure and pleasure in our lives Timon and Puma did nothing wrong by teaching Simba this the tragedy is that Simba has bought into the lie that he does not matter. And he wastes years of his life when he should be king, living a life of quiet desperation, hand to mouth if you can make it work. This is what sin can look like in our lives. Both Scar and Simba Walked away from their connection with the High King. One wants to call all the shots and the other wants to throw in the towel, has completely forgotten who he truly is. This is the human condition. We human beings were created in the image of God to rule over his creation in relationship with him in a state of shalom and wellness over the earth. We are more wonderful than we imagine. And yet, we are more broken than we realize. Far more broken This is the human condition. So what can we do about it? Well, on the one hand, there isn't anything that we can do to rescue ourselves from this mess. (laughs) We need someone from the outside to rescue us. That's where the next few... Chapters are going, good news is coming. But there is something that we can do together today in this time, something practical to help remind ourselves of this connection with God that we were created to have, and perhaps Uh, Give us a view to the way that sin might desire to rule over us. So all together, as one church, we are going to engage together in a spiritual practice. Uh, And I'm going to lead us uh, in this uh, brief practice together. And um, and, uh, we're going to do something that's going to remind us of who God created us to be. And we're also going to try to identify an area in our lives where sin might be operating today. And so whether this feels natural to you or uh, a little bit weird, uh, that's, that's fine. Let's all try to step into this uh, as best uh, we're able. okay? Can we do it? I think we can do it. There you go. Let's start uh, by opening our hands and placing them on our lap uh, and closing our eyes. unless you're a driver listening to the podcast, so there you go. But the rest of us, our hands are open on our lap and our eyes are closed. Imagine God's hands on your rib cage and he is lifting you up. You might let's let's even lift our shoulders a little bit as if as if his arms are really there. His hands are strong enough to hold up any one of us. He says, you are a part of my royal family. I love you. You matter to me. You have a purpose. You bring me joy. Now let's allow our shoulders to relax again. And say these words out loud together with me. I'll say them once and you'll say them the second time. This short prayer God, help me to be honest with myself. Say that with me. God, help me to be honest with myself. And ask yourself this question uh, in silence, in your own mind and heart Where in my life today? Is sin crouching at my door? Remember that sin is what happens when we've been uprooted from our connection with our Creator King. And it looks different in different seasons of life. Sometimes it's like Scar calling all the shots. Sometimes it's the quiet desperation of Simba's years away. So ask yourself, with God's help, be honest with yourself. Where in my life today is sin crouching at my door? Sometimes it's enough just to gain awareness of this thing, and other times there might be a next step that God's Spirit would want to reveal to us. So, ask God, is there a next step that you would have me take in response to this awareness? Now that we see this place where sin desires to rule over us in an er area of our lives today, perhaps it would be reaching out to someone for a personal conversation. Maybe it would be changing a habit, or you might need to apologize to someone. So ask, ask God's Spirit, is there a next step that you would have for me in response to this awareness? Now, let's open our eyes together Already, and uh, grab uh, your phone or something else uh, to write with, and uh, take uh, a note if you have a next step. Right, you just say like "next step church thing" or something like that to remind yourself later to follow through on that next step if God gave you one uh, to make in response to this. Human beings. When, God, when we think of ourselves, God would love for us to imagine him holding us up like Simba. And he says, you are a part of my royal family. You were created to be a part of This kingdom project over all creation in relationship with me, you matter, I love you, you bring me joy. This is how we were created to see ourselves. But then we told God to take a hike and we said, We're going to manage things on our own. We'll be kings and queens for ourselves. And that hasn't worked out too well for us. But, oh, the next chapters in the story. Oh, these are good chapters. (laughs) We get to meet a new king who shows us a new way to be human. He will be pierced for our royal rebellion. He will wear a crown of thorns. He is the new true image of God. And we can be conformed to his image. His name is Jesus. Human beings, we are more wonderful than we imagine we're more broken than we realize and the gospel of king jesus is even better news than we give it credit for amen let's pray jesus i am a broken Human. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your restoration. Thank you for Kingdom of God 2.0, the new and glorious project that you invite us to be a part of. I pray for each one here that we would be people who step into this project that you've called us to be a part of communally together around the globe in relationship with you. And I also pray on a practical level for those that you have given a next step in this time. Would you grant them the courage and the wisdom to follow through? Thank you, That you love each person. That we matter. We have a purpose. And we bring you joy. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.